Welcome back to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is episode number 101, racing all the way to at least 102. Are we going to make it to 200? I don't know, but we're going to try. Um, this week on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about an album that as people have been waiting for once uh, people got excited about once it was announced. Uh, that is, uh, an album would be I Love You, Honey Bear, from one Father John Misty. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, there's a good chance you know who that is. Uh, we'll give you a little history of it in the podcast. But uh, suffice to say, uh, in 2012, we put out an album called Fear Fun. Uh, there were no expectations on that one. Uh, it turned out being one of the uh, best albums of that year. Probably will turn out to be one of the best albums of this decade. And that's, that's a bold statement, but I think there was a bold statement from one uh, Josh Tillman the man behind Father John Misty. So suffice to say, expectations were a little high on this one. Uh, the uh, the meter in the press is, is going off the charts, as expected. Uh, so Jared Nicolay came back to the basement. Kerry came back to the basement. Had Paul over, his dog Kenobi. Uh, no Gus, because Kenobi and Gus don't get along, but that's okay. Uh, at any rate, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. Real quick before we get into that, I just wanted to uh, mention, I'm taping this uh, intro the day after the Grammys, and I guess the big hubbaloo is, you know, Kanye snubbed uh, Beck for him winning Morning Phase for Album of the Year over Beyonce. Um, People are irate about it, musicians are irate about it, my Facebook feed is irate about it. I I, I just want to ask, like, what do you guys expect from the Grammys? Um, you know, every one of those albums, to at least in my mind, wasn't that good. It certainly wasn't an album of the year. I mean, I think we know where uh, I stand on Morning Phase. I think when we reviewed it here, I said pass on it. Uh, you know, go pick up Sea Change. But, you know, that's the Grammys, man. Uh, and honestly, that's Kanye West. That's what he do. Uh, you know, so all this outrage and like people are starting to write think pieces. Uh, just, just please stop. It's it's entertainment. That's all it is. We're not talking about actually great albums. I mean, there, there are there are benefits to both uh, his album and Beyonce's album, and, and uh, you know Kanye's last album. But you know th- these aren't uh, these aren't society shifting moments in history, uh, and deserve much much less of our time i think so uh speaking of that's all i'm gonna say about that uh so here we go uh we're just gonna get right to it episode number 101 of chunky glasses the podcast where we're talking about father john misty's new album i love you honey bear it happens here and it finishes here two men enter one man that right there is a lot of a
is, I don't even have to say anything because Kevin says he's got a soundboard to make me say whatever I want. No, I, I'm working on it. He sampled every word you've ever this said is, and he can is, rearrange this them. This is why I should not learn JavaScript. You're the new Siri. Because yeah, this is what the, happens when you're on like, what's, you know, 70 or 70. 70 of the 100 podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, it's, it's, there's just this base of you. But I, I did at least say it was like the uh, Black Mirror thing where we're, we're, Basically, making a poll from your social. Well, platform. at least at least you're going to Black Mirror. For some reason, whenever you say that, I think of the um, the Simpsons episode where he uh, boots, where Smithers boots up his computer, and it's like, Mr. Burns. Smithers, it's Mr. Burns. Yeah. you are quite good at turning me off. <laughs> <laughs> That's not creepy. Somebody up there likes me, Smithers. Um, Somebody down here likes you too, sir. <laughs> Shut up. You guys ready? Sure. <laughs> do it. Uh, welcome back to the basement. Uh, sorry, we didn't do a hundredth episode, but uh, doesn't that mean that this is the hundredth? No, episode? <laughs> this is this is this is the hundred and first episode. Right. Point five. Uh, there was some stuff that was going to happen that fell apart. I think Paul, you were going to come over and do an intro, and it was just like, yep. oh, how do we put that together and shit? Hey, yeah, it just sort of was like, eh. Plus. Uh, we're we're not those people. I think it's like if you if it's like not setting off fireworks on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I mean, like it's somebody was, somebody was like have have a show at the Rock and Roll Hotel, and I, I'm like, why? Screams of effort. Yeah, like, we operate in base twelve, so you got a little while to wait. It's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what, like the 120th episode. I don't. Know. <laughs> now with dog toys. Now with dog toys. This is a Kenobi cast. He will speak up when he is done licking his balls, but that's all right. He has balls? He's phantom. No. No. Oh. no. Um, figure out where they are. It's out. He's hoping if he licks enough, they'll come back. This week, we're... <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. Get off the lawn. We're gone. Um, uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, one Father John Misty. A little bit. Uh, I couldn't. It's funny because, Carrie, you said uh, you were late on the way here. And even like last night, I was like, when we were trying to plan out the day to do this. I looked at Daria. I said, hey, yeah, we can't do this without Carrie. She's like, no. <laughs> like, we cannot do it without Carrie. We also can't do it without at least one lady in the room because. <laughs> Otherwise, it's everyone just sitting around, you know, in their underpants and drinking beer and not getting anything done. Yeah. Yeah, which would be a lot like this album. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I didn't even intend to set you up for something um, that over the bow. <laughs> before before uh, before we get to that though, uh, we we usually have been playing a song. I honestly, didn't uh, find a, find a decent track this week. I was gonna actually try the uh, Lower Dens new track. Everybody's heard it though. It's great. Whatever, you know, eighties tastic. Uh, I did want to talk about an article that came out this week though. Um, I saw it on. Cons- Is it about Taylor Swift suing everybody? No. Oh my gosh, we're going to get sued because I well, just said if her you name. Bring that up in a, in a minute. We can, um, but uh, it is basically. I saw it on Consequence of Sound. I don't know where it was originally published, but uh, New York City Mayor Bill De Blasio uh, is saying that he's going to provide fifteen hundred units of affordable housing reserved exclusively for low income creatives. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, Jared, you and I were listening to this. Uh, we're talking about this a little upstairs. Um, but Paul, your immediate reaction to this was what qualifies as opposed to a janitor with a family of four. Right. It's, it's BS. I mean, New York's got an affordable housing problem. So anything that gets more units of affordable housing into New York city is a good thing. But why would you wall this off for quote unquote creatives instead of the people who actually like make the city run? It seems I don't, I don't kind of bad. See New York City as having a, a creative vacuum anyway. I mean, it seems like if they wanted to do that in a town that had, was not known for anything, 
that would make sense mm. to try to develop a, a culture in that town. But you don't you don't need that there. Olivia's in New York, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah, so that's a supernova right there. She's in a borough. <laughs> yeah, she's in a borough. A borough or another. Um, yeah, I mean, and, but Jared, what was, what was your take when we were talking upstairs? I mean, my t- I'm it's not an essential, like, you don't need art, but, mm-hmm. like, art helps things intangibly, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, plumbers and people that can actually do tangible things can get paid for that, and, and the internet doesn't necessarily, you know, or technology doesn't alter their, you know, uh, careers. Or, yeah, revenue. And I feel like there is, you know, just coming from someone who is in that field, it, you know. Are you moving to New York? I am not. No, I would move to uh, Roanoke before I would. And, then, and, see, and that's an exact place I, where I'm I can imagine them putting that type of, right. <laughs> that type of thing. I agree with, with you that, that New York is a strange place to have that program because there's obviously so much of an artistic presence mm-hmm. there. Well, but, and, the, and the cost of living there is absurd. So even right. if you have affordable yeah, like, housing, well, you're going to be paying nineteen dollars for a gallon of milk. And, and uh, like for me, it comes down to like they are, uh, you know, there's like I said, there's obviously a benefit to arts. So yeah, to, we, and, we all know this, and it's not quantifiable. It's not is the quantifiable. Um, but like, how much is like Grizzly Bear giving back to the city of New York? How much tourism does that bring in? You know, so that they can get an affordable apartment. And so it's a little weird for me at least to see this because and we were talking about it like uh with priests what they were talking about gentrification you yeah know? it's like we have nowhere to rehearse like you can like it, it's almost getting into like an aesthetic this is more at least i'll have a place to live i guess right um but lots of people i guess make sacrifices and live with their mom Sure. This is probably getting, you know, too esoteric in the conversation, but I would like to know how much the city is actually spending on this program. And if they're spending money on this program, why wouldn't that be put to art programs in the schools? Because art is incredibly important. You've got school kids all over New York. Mm-hmm. If they don't have effective arts programs, yeah. put the money toward that. And Or just to, towards the exact same housing project without the... <laughs> Stipulation. Without the qualification. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's or what, give a janitor a drum. And, uh, you know, well, what I was well, saying... That, that, to, boy, talk about a system that's going to get scammed. Anybody who, right. call, anybody who right. wants to call themselves a creative at this point is a creative. Like, I... I re- self-released two songs on SoundCloud. Like, well, that's what I, I was saying. It's creative. like the one as soon as they have one person that they can't accommodate, then they have to decide who gets it and who doesn't. And then it's like they're then they're essentially a record label. Yeah, no, I look forward to. Uh, Wait, is to, this New York's big move to finally get noticed? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to put New York City on the map. <laughs> I, I look forward to uh, New York's the windy apple to deal with the uh, housing discrimination lawsuits on this one. Yeah, I mean, the, right now it says the uh, the current. Income I love being limits. not the only lawyer in the room. Right. <laughs> uh, it says the income limits to, to classify you are uh, if if you're an individual. Between twenty nine thousand and forty seven, family of four qualifying forty one and sixty seven thousand. That sounds like a good chunk of New York. You know, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, these days it's not a good chunk of uh, you know Manhattan below one hundred twenty fifth Street, but right, or even above one hundred twenty fifth Street up to Washington Heights at this point, but. 
Yeah. But uh, actually, at the end of this article was a dig, which we can get in Taylor Swift again. It says, meaning Taylor Swift will be forced to stay in her swanky Tribeca apartment. So what's this about? She's suing people? Oh, anybody that's she's now decided to go through and um, trademark all of her lyrics. So if her lyrics are on any sort of uh, if anybody even uses her, like she's suing Etsy. It's like, what? Is she I making believe, an album with Prince? <laughs> I, I believe she trademarked the uh, the phrase, like, that's a sick beat or yes, something. Yes, she like did. That. That's true. Yes. Uh, <laughs> is it the, and it's because not I the, always associate uh, that phrase, sick beat, with Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, that was like the, like, I thought a joke lyric anyway, so. That part, least, of, that, part of that song is strange to me. Yeah. That entire just, song just, is strange. To me. No, I, it's I get strange that song. that I had to listen to that song because of Kevin. You did so. no, I, no, that as a music populist, that song is hooky as hell. But like that, that the middle, like she didn't like she did it and then like went the extra mile with the uh, the rap part. So she does have a lot of white girl talking on that that new album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I did not dig it. It's funny. Had had I real because I, I, I saw the Etsy thing. I didn't know it was that. I didn't know she was trademarking. I would have had. Uh, uh, Allie Sternberg is a copyright attorney. That's her. That's her thing. Mm-hmm. She's been on. She did the Spotify thing. Would have had her down because uh, <laughs> that's some really big bullshit. Yeah, it is. Um, it's... Yeah, it's but fun. it means Jared. Like, pick a phrase out of a song. Like, start trademarking, man. Yeah, poor, it would be the poor man's copyright. What, 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 what they didn't tell you is that Taylor Swift is actually the one building these creative houses. <laughs> nice. They're in the basement nice. of. But her she owns. House. But she owns all the output. That's the. That's the oh. real kicker. Some people would call oh. that a sweatshop <laughs> or a record label. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a gummy bear house or something. It's it's like gummy bear or an energy drink where like you can go and you can stay if you're a touring band in New York now. Fuck, I, I can't bring it up right now, but. Uh, yeah, it's some weird like nacho cheese thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you go and stay, and it's like the real world. They have cameras on you all the time. So if you're touring through New York and you're a smaller band, you, you get in there and you are expected to write a song while you're there that they own, and then they can own any imagery, any sounds, anything that you do in that thing. I'm on the fence about that. New models. Uh, yeah, man. It's like, that's creative. As long as you know going in yeah, exactly. what you know. Yeah. As as what you, you get s- yourself Sign into. the waiver, man. They don't say the song has to be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write complete shit if I go stay in that hotel room. I think I think Wesley Willis would have just lived in that house. Yeah, right? you're right, right. Here's my new song. I call it... Poop Sandwich. Escalator to Heaven. Yes. <laughs> it sounds... Oh, wow. Sound, yeah. See? That, wouldn't, that wouldn't raise any flags. No, no. Okay, so uh, that's going on. I'm going to put a, a link to that. Uh, the thing about the housing in New York and the show links, uh, it is a thing. And the Taylor Swift thing. I, I need to find out more about that a lot more because, I mean, artists need to make they need to make money off that stuff. The money, a lot of the money is in the publishing, but when you take it to that limit, it's you're talking about there's, I mean, sort of talking about free speech. You know? Yeah. I mean, if it's a specific lyric that is <laughs> – Unique to her songs, I guess I can understand. But, but know, why, sick beat, come on! That's, what does she need more money for? Like, what is she <laughs> like? Legacy. That's a different Nesting. argument. Is it? <laughs> that's a whole different argument. Now we're gonna get all neo-Marxist on this. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say that. Damn I'm it. more proto-Marxist. <laughs> um, all right. So, so that's that's all we got in the upfront this week. Uh, you guys ready to talk about? A, uh, to some a sexy man why sure alright 
I didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> That's why you have to have a girl like, in the basement. Well, he is kind of sexy. <laughs> How many people rise and say My brain's so awfully glad to be here For yet another mindless day Now I've got all morning to obsessively accrue Small nation of meaningful objects And they've got to represent me too By this afternoon I'll live in debt By tomorrow be replaced by children How many people rise and think Oh good, the stranger's body's still here Our arrangement hasn't changed Now I've got a lifetime to consider all the ways I grow more disappointing to you As my beauty warps and fades I suspect you feel the same I was young, I dreamt of a passionate obligation to a roommate Is this the part where I get my money back Just a little bored in the USA That is the first single off of uh, One Father John Misty's follow-up album to was it 2012? 2012. 2012, yes. Fear Fun, I think the widely acclaimed album. I know we liked it here. Uh, the name of the album is I Love You, Honey Bear. That song debuted on David Letterman, uh, and people were like, holy shit. Like a shit. huge orchestra. Huge orchestra. Uh, and a player piano. <laughs> huh? A player piano. Was there a player piano? <laughs> he didn't notice when he was he like was playing, and then he started singing, and the piano kept playing. Oh, Unreliable narrator style. I see. Um... It's like being in the haunted mansion. At it is <laughs> without the crooked floor. <laughs> um, it's the mystery spot. A, a little background: This is uh, a guy's name is Josh Tillman. Um, went by Jay Tillman, making some pretty pussified folk albums for years. Uh, then got in uh, Fleet Foxes, sort of put a shine on them. Got sick of that, and then didn't know what to do. And uh, you can read all sorts of articles about how he. Left Seattle and went tripping, found himself in a tree and whatnot. There's there's a whole mythos behind him, but at the end of the day, he arrived in I think Los Angeles with this persona of and that was without me doing it in podcast quotes of Father John Misty, um, who is uh, 
as a performer, I mean, we've seen him a bunch of times, mm-hmm. Gary. It, it, it's it, he's an electric performer. Yeah, the the whole shtick just works. Yeah. live. This is this is a sleazy, smarmy, uh, smarmy. Yeah. Will say things that maybe you don't want to hear. Uh, very aggressively into uh, drugs, specifically psychedelics. Um, sort of like going back to the heyday of just this, you know, this rebel. You know, without a without a clue in this case. Um, on this record, though, <laughs> I got that. Huh? <laughs> I, I heard that dig. Um, on, on, on this record, though, uh, whereas Fear Fun was all about the excess, all about the debauchery, uh, this record is sort of turning inward. Um, there are Kenobi <laughs> is coming back downstairs. Uh, if you if you're reading any press about this. Uh, there are uh, articles that basically document his his sort of courting and, and life since starting to make this with his wife. Uh, that is very – the album I think is at, at the very least about someone, maybe not about his wife. Uh, it's a little change for him, but uh, I don't know. It's, it, it was a weird one to get into. Carrie, you sort of – you were the super fan down here going into this. Yep. So let's let's start with you. Um, I would just like to say that this is the best Glenn Campbell album I've heard in 35 years. <laughs> so is that a good or a bad? I don't know how many people are going to get that reference. Right. But he's, he's headlining in Branson next week? <laughs> Probably. Um, in Wichita, it's, it's. I, I mean, I had a hard time with this. I like it. It's, um, but I just I loved Fear Fun so much, and I think it's really hard to come off of an album like that and do anything else that's ever going to mm. uh, approach it. Um, I, I felt like this album was almost walking backward. A lot of times, uh, you'll have a great album, and then they'll you can't match sure. that, so you go somewhere else. But this one, it seems like this is almost a rough draft of Fear Fun. Um, everything, you know, it may he may be trying to make it sound deconstructed, but it just sounds kind of like practice. Um, the with Fear Fun, it was um, you know he's got, he's got this persona um, for for a guy who says how much he hates his name. He sure as hell says it a lot. Um, <laughs> And yeah. uh, there's actually a, a number of songs, because uh, I, I have seen him three or four times live, a number of the songs, the lyrics are actually some of his in-between song banter um, that he's now worked right. into songs. Right. Uh, so you can see where he's kind of... So he's you know, a Branson. He's <laughs> a Branson. Um, it, it's, uh, I don't know, I just, I, I don't feel like it's a fully fleshed out Well, let me start thing. with this, it's, though. It's what, good, what were your, ex- were your expectations uh, going to be Fear Fun? My my hope was that it would be Fear Fun too because whenever there's an album okay. that's but really you still have great fear fun. like that I still I just keep listening you to still it have again. Fun. I still have it. Um, whenever there's an album that I really really like and an artist puts out another album of similar sounding songs that are slightly different, I'm just as happy with it. I don't mm. require growth, but this just seems like it's uh, it's a step backward almost, and I just. I don't know. I, I, there's nothing I can really get into. There's nothing I can really right. wrap your head around. Like, like Born in the USA, it is. You, you can tell it with lyrics. He's trying to strip the song down, so you listen to the lyrics, and it's oh, I'm just yeah. intentionally provocative. For, I mean, yeah. For, for me, that's the worst song. That almost derails the album. And like, yeah, I don't. And, and like, I don't now, Jared, like you like the song? I love the song. You love well, the song. But, I, but, I, but I saw <laughs> it on Letterman first. Like I said. 
Yeah. Punch. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you've Punch. never seen him live. If you see him, that's the thing is that I think if I had never, if I'd never seen him live, I'm sorry, I totally just talked no. over the top of you. If I hadn't seen him live, I don't know that I would like <laughs> this album because I am preparing for how he's going to perform these how things live. How is he going to do this live? That's, that, oh that, my is God. My, that was he's my gonna, first question. I, I can tell you exactly how he's going to do how's this he gonna live. Do he is going to slink all over the stage and be all <laughs> sexy. No, and well, he's just going to be. Put your pants on, Carrie. Well, then I'm in. No, 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 no. He's going to sell every song. Song. And there are and the, the shmarminess and the just he's gonna he's totally gonna sell. No, my, my wait, is he gonna be all sexy and then like look at you and be like, God, why are you looking at me like a sex object? I'm so happily married. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that's actually right. <laughs> no, I was coming from more of a production standpoint. Like, like, yeah, how is he gonna have the strings and all the girls back up? Is he gonna like travel with a band that's that big? I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. He'll he'll he'll. I don't know. Yeah, he'll put together. But so much of this album is like orchestral swells and like like these weird like trip out moments where you just kind of like forget what's happening and then it comes back in with a key change. I forget what he did on 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 Fear Fun, but it it worked. But there, but this is to me this is much further. This is way more like Glenn Campbell, (laughs) you know. (laughs) There's the what is so seventies. Which which song is the Glenn Campbell's like really the Glenn Campbell song? Um, It's like track four, is it? there, the, oh, oh, it's like Glenn Campbell with Hun- like a sense of humor. Yeah, um, it's Glenn Campbell with a uh, little bit of um, Larry Flint lyrics thrown in there. Um, <laughs> was it the night Josh Tillman? Was it that one? Yeah, the the, the, the jo- and the, the night Josh um, Tillman is uh, the one where a lot of the lyrics are his in in between song. Uh, well, do we like want to hear whole, a little like, bit of that? A little bit of yeah. uh, of G Campbell. <laughs> All right, here we go. I just love the kind of woman who can walk over a man. I mean, like a goddamn marching band. She says, like literally. Of which she is in the middle 
First, first, <laughs> I am a lineman for the county. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is that Jimmy. Who is Jimmy Webb? Is the Jimmy Webb is the songwriter of that uh, Gun Campbell? Uh, but uh, <laughs> also that line, like you know, I, like I hate that soulful expectation. White girls move on, and then it's just a mean like, why don't you move to the Delta? I, I mean, this is that speaks to me, man. Like, yeah, I hate that too. Yeah, um, there's a sense of humor to that song. Uh, Maybe the humor is is the joke is that it is Glenn Campbell. I don't know, <laughs> or that it's Father John Misty. Well, it could be. I mean, he's a white guy singing soul. You know, I was yeah. going to say, or that he's a guy that's full of affectations, mocking other people's but he's a, like musical right, affectations. Right, but, he's, <laughs> but that's why he's. But he's like, admittedly, he's father, he's not himself. Right. You know, like right. he's created this self-loathing well, we're character. gonna get into that like, there's also like a that. like a lot of like an attempt at um like velvet underground in that which is interesting oh yeah. sorry shall i say that again no no um good because i don't want to um yeah there's a lot of yeah you're right though yeah it's very sunday morning um i, I that's blasphemy right there but okay <laughs> I, oh my god but i mean that's definitely that's definitely like the underlying where um uh, yeah I'd say it sounds like Queensryche. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do this again. Yeah. Um, you mean Slater Kenny? Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that, that does get into like one of the things about this album is it is, uh, it's pulling from stuff like that. It's, I think it's pulling from, uh, I hear a lot of not necessarily precise sonic matching but a lot of influence of like Harry Nilsson mm-hmm. sure yes um, interesting the storyteller the, or the, the character the, yeah exactly that, he, that he's supposedly playing um, but what uh, and I Carrie I, I think I had the same reaction to you when I first got into this I said Glenn yeah. Campbell no I, I did not now that you pointed that out I'm like Daria is doomed to listen to Glenn Campbell all night <laughs> oh my god you're gonna hear so much <laughs> Rhinestone Cowboy in the next 24 hours <laughs> but uh, I no, I like when I first listened to this, I was like, "Oh fuck this guy!" <laughs> like who the fuck? Like fuck this guy! Like this is like and you've seen him. Yeah, so. and it was like, and that's what I mean. It was it was over the top, like mm-hmm. like taking his persona, uh, very, taking his persona too seriously. That they created it's self indulgency on a new level. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. The more I listened to it, and the more I got that it is. Uh, an album about a very specific relationship. The the press, I think, would lead you to believe that it's about his wife. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We don't need to be told that, per se. But there's a there's a path through all these songs, I think, that are, are simply uh, talking about uh, just a, a dude's experience. A dude is not a good dude. And for me, it's actually started to work. 
Now I've been listening to it for a month. Okay. I I don't think I'm ever going to like it as much. I mean, I'm never going to like right. it as much as, as Fear Fun. And if there's somebody that I know that doesn't know who Josh Tillman is or Father John Misty, I'm not going to you know direct them to this. Um, the, the difference between this one and Fear Fun is for me is in listening to it. I felt like oh the you know the first one is I am so cool and I want you to come over here. We're all going to stand over here and be in the cool kid crowd and make fun of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is I have now elevated myself to be so much cooler than all of you guys, and I'm just going to tell you how cool I am, and you're not really a part of it anymore. Right. Um, it felt a little distancing, and this is this album. I can just I've been listening to it all week, and um, I have it on in the car. Uh, and I, with Fear Fun, I just get like drawn in and listen to all the songs and love them all. And with this one, I just, I kind of tune it out from time to time and I'll come back and it'll be three songs later. Paul, how do you, how hard do you tune it out? Well, I think there's a, (laughs) I think there's a real, there's a real issue uh, that, that, uh, that Carrie, I think pointed out there. There's a disconnect between the persona that he's put out there and what I think he wants you to connect with, with the album. Like, it's tough when you have ostensibly created a mythology mm-hmm. that you keep up even in in interviews and serve with such ironic detachment that I don't know that that he can even tell where the Father John Misty and the Josh Tillman persona begins and ends. So you've got this album where you're where a lot of this is really snarky and kind of mean as as Carrie said in there but he also wants you to listen to his real feelings like there's right. there's like this he wants you to dig for his real feelings. yeah well but there's well, this, he, he there's wants this, you to care enough to think three layers underneath what he's yeah and there's this I don't, i'm like i don't think you can have it both ways or if you can it's a no. trickier balancing act than he's pulling right here like if you're gonna be sincere then you have to be sincere. You can't say my character is sincere. You know? and, and, and for me, for me, that's my character actually... also has good taste and an excellent sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and handsome, very handsome. For, for, for me, though, that that is actually the the, the uh, and, and I and I do like this album, but it is a major failing of this album. Is that sort of dichotomy of like he you can't have it both ways, bro. Yeah, like you have to either own up to this. Uh, as uh, a total creation or own up to this as like, you know, these are my, my deep feelings and stuff. I mean, there's songs on here. Uh, like you, you like, Holy shit. I don't know. Um, my favorite song on here is the ideal husband, uh, which we might play here. And that's my first favorite song um, where it is. It is some like, Really raw songwriting. The last verse of that song is the last verse insane. Of song, so. Like the seven in the morning, right? It's almost like a Smith song that got yeah, so like he, channeled through. Like, let's you play know. this. Yeah, and if, and then, and if you and don't then, get how insane it is, he's going to show you he's insane by repeating it lots of. But that's times. great. Maybe, maybe, maybe. that's great. Okay. All right, all right. Well, people this, need to be beat over the head with shit. This is. This is <laughs> it's true. It's a concept. It's a concept. It's yeah. a concept. This is a ideal husband, and then uh, Jared, I want to get some thoughts from you. Sure. Saturday, so. Yeah. 
So the end of that song where it comes unraveled, that is uh, the first time I heard that, the second time I heard that, every time I hear that, it is horrifying. Yeah, it seems very real. Because if you're a dude, you know, you've probably been there. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it is, and it was shocking on an album where there are a lot of platitudes, to be honest. Sure. To have to dive that like deep into like this sort of pathetic state of a person. Yeah. Uh Carrie, you're like, no. No, I mean it didn't hit me that way. It if, seemed like I could because I couldn't tell again whether this was his persona doing something right. or whether this is Joshua Tillman trying I to think be you need clever to just, about you something. You just need to it's... think he is Father John Misty. Like if yeah. you don't if you don't believe that he is Father John Misty, then there's no point. Listening. What's, What's that, the point? Like the he, thing is, he's not clear about it. Well, but, he, he's but, but no one's clear about who they are. So his his alter ego <laughs> oh. can be unclear about who he is. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast just got super mind blown. <laughs> Wait, roll <laughs> credits. The, the, the thing is to me, like I couldn't tell if this was him becoming deconstructed. And you know, just unraveling and whatever, or if he's just basically unraveling the plot line of every romantic movie ever made, but and then making but fun no, of it's it. It's just cool. It's, like it just sounds like it's crazy it's, cool. Like right. it's like when he's like, when I, I said something dumb, I'm tired of running. That's so like a that's such a funny, cool, awesome thing. That's to, a self aware thing that every dude yeah. has said. Yeah, and it's, and it's <laughs> like just, every like you fucked up so hard. That says so much with so little. Right, and, and to me. That's the Save Me Why Jesus in Born in the USA, okay. or Born in the <laughs> Born of the USA, where it's like Save Me Why Jesus is for its economy four words that provoke so much, you know, or elicit so much right. thought, you know. But with that, like, I, I like uh, we were saying upstairs, I wish he had like that. That's like put, dropping meta tags in like a web page. That's exactly what it is, and, and it's just like get you to pay attention to stuff, but it's not actually commenting on it. And I feel like he's smart enough to act, actually comment on it. I think that it. is. I mean, I think that's a huge comment. Like, I mean, that's just saying it. What save me, why Jesus? Yeah. Or I mean, that's that's not an original like philosophical. But to sing that in that kind uh, of song, and okay. like when you have people because you've lulled someone into this like you're in you're doing this piano ballad, and then you like slip that in, and it's just like to me, it's just like All right. that's that's very smart and cool so to me. So how's this album making you feel? Overall, yeah. Well, uh, not unlike the Punch Brothers record, I think this should have been an EP. <laughs> Shocking! <laughs> I'm just gonna get the the vanity plate on my car just to say EP. Make it an EP. Yeah, should have been an EP. Shorten that shit. Hashtag EP. Um, I think from Ideal Husband to the end, it's like a complete sublime piece of yeah. of sentiment. Um, the the the. I like the Chateau single, mm-hmm. Mariachi. I think it's really cool. The Marty like, Robbins cover? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, but like, yeah, I think from, from an artistic perspective, I think from ideal husband out is, is what I'm down with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because it, it, I think it gets into this, this fact that he can't reconcile which, which person he's trying to be. And I, and I don't mean that as in like, you should be like, this is deep that he can't do that. I mean, that it's like fucking sack up, dude, you're making a record. Um, and one that people are really looking forward the re- to. People are really looking forward and are gonna to. Be pay- and people are already going to be paying attention to it, whether you like it or not. So you no matter know, what you do. so There's, there's en- pressure there, though. There's enough in this that I'm like, it, you were, it, it was so close to being this thing that would just be like, be like, wow, there's that. And for the ages. For the ages. And, and, <laughs> and you listen to it and stuff. I mean, that that song we just played being one of the, one of the highlights of that because, um, you know, if he is, uh, in fact, specifically talking about uh, his relationship with his wife, and you think of all the songs, that they're, and you know, uh, I hope he's not talking about his relationship with his wife know, on that one. Because uh, it's, at least a few songs, you hope he's not. Uh, yeah, but that one in particular, that one in particular, because she was overdosed in his bathtub, then <laughs> right. that would be bad. <laughs> Half naked and searching through yeah. a roll it up. But but there's there's that was one of the other you know what was it one of the other truckloads or train loads of women that he had or something right, like that. Right, right. More, than two, more, than, more than two men and a train could hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, look. But this time when I wake up, but if you wake up, I'm never going to do this again. You know, yeah. But I mean, I mean, that's the, that's the, <laughs> the point is like you, he's talking about on most of these songs that uh, weird space. I mean, he was a single sort of, you know, in quotes, rock god. I mean, I, I can't tell you the ladies swoon so hard for Father John Misty <laughs> is not it is, and he literally he didn't have, he wouldn't have to play a show. He just walk out on stage. He's like you backstage, you backstage, and just go. That was his power at the height of his. Oh come on! I'm saying that wouldn't work on me. Well, it I'm wouldn't not, work but, on but it you, would work on right? every single other well, woman standing around I, me like a track. Other than Daria, no, like a tractor actually, no, that's beam. not true. The Rock and Roll Hotel show, like uh, Andre was taping it, and I, so I was up front shooting it. And come, she come, no, come to the back, and he, he's hanging on the uh, hanging on the like the rafters, right? Yep. Right. He's he's lanky. He's stretched out, and I walk up to him like, "Hey, baby, how's it going?" And Blake stare. I'm like. Blake's hey space. baby, and she's like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> like, oh, you're here." Yeah. So yeah, he did that same thing because I wasn't at that show, mm-hmm. but he did the same thing at Black Hat where he, you know, they say don't touch the pipes, and he's hanging off of the pipes, and nobody in the club will stop him because he just does whatever he wants to do. Right. So <laughs> if if this is all a, a comment on on I guess this relationship, his uh, evolution or whatever, uh, it. There's stuff in there, um, like true affection. That's yeah, just, that, that was for me the square peg. Yeah, it, it just, just felt pandery. Like it's like we need like something because to me, if that if that song wasn't in there, it could sound like a whole in in to almost to a fault would sound like a like a cohesive record. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the weird you know we need the, something the weird that dance sounds, track. Yeah, it's like we need something that sounds modern but not too modern. Like. Um. <laughs> You know, nothing good ever happens at the goddamn Thirsty Crow. You know, it's it's a it's a simple like sentiment. It's almost like just straight narrative. Yeah. Um, that he's working with. Um, you know, I think I think he could have uh, a little more tweaking turned out something that was a uh, pretty impressive statement. 
Well, the record records can be shorter. I mean, like it could have been like a nine song record, you know? Or no, they can't, Paul. Just like movies, <laughs> movies cannot be shorter. Well, they can. They just don't have to be. That's um, you know, uh, and a lot of this too is tied into the into the press for this. Like you, you had the lead up, like with Grantland Pitchfork, essentially writing the same article. Yep. Uh, his release of of the thing in SAP. Well, no, let's wait. Sap deserves its own podcast, in my opinion. Okay. That, that is brilliant. Well, so it is funny. It's brilliant, and it could be. A, it, it was could, too brilliant for anyone to understand. It was a joke. It, it, well, like, I thought. I thought. Uh, because I design, I thought the joke was that it looks like every generic. Yeah, like, they use the clip art. I'm trying to. Yeah, use the clip art. So I thought that's where the joke ended, and so I, I, we actually tweeted it out, and like, hey, it's streaming, because I was like. <laughs> He has gone. He, oh, he has did by, you? Yeah, he, was, oh. he, he has bypassed NPR. He has bypassed all the main sites. He's like, I can do this myself, which I'm a huge fucking fan of. Like, yeah. he can do it That's himself. That's punk rock. Yeah, but but and then immediately he, it was like, oh, oh no! Wait. <laughs> you hear the vocals, you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. And it's sort of like, but if you haven't checked out the SAP, the SAP mm-hmm. version of Father John Missy's record, do that right now. Yeah, while it still exists. Actually, it is out there. I might put a link in the show notes. Yeah, where you can find it. The, the actually the photo that they have of him on there. Yeah, he's, he's like praise Jesus. Yeah, like, if you don't already know, it's a joke. Looking at him with his pious face yeah. and his hands all clasped together, namaste. Well, and if you hilarious. read the credits of the engineer, <laughs> did you read the credits of the yes. engineer on that? Like psychoacoustic, psycho-acoustic. Like, it's some crazy. Like <laughs> it's like, it's like it's that, a I that on my resume. I'm getting but, a business card of it, made, but because it's brilliant. But, but people use this in actually trying to sell music. Yeah. Well, they're making yeah. they they've they've made fun no, of so much right there. No, I look at that, that is right a thing. Like that that job is a thing. Yeah, my <laughs> favorite thing about Father John Misty, previous to even like, no, like when I I saw his Ladies' Man Letterman performance, mm-hmm. and that was my first introduction to him, and like I was in because of the dance moves. You were staring, weren't you? Paul you, was in. You were blank of the stare fan. for me. Dodgers fan, right? Yeah, no, well, it's just like, who? it's like, that just was so, like, it's just such an easy, like, distilled way to be creative, and, like, he, he just wasn't squandering the opportunity to be on David Letterman, and I thought that was great, because how many bands get up there, and they just strum their songs, and mm-hmm. then, it's like, and Certainly no one not cares. Future Islands. <laughs> right. No, exactly. It's the same, you know, I agree. But so, like, so, though, I guess the question is, though, if, why, um, either sort of defuse this sub, this theoretically like super like uh intimate emotional album and stuff with stunts like that. You mean the performance? Well, like with the sap thing. You know, like I mean I well, I think the sap thing was like a commentary on not being able to make money on selling music cuz I think his whole thing was like sap st- like he was saying that it saps that this, oh, yeah, yeah, this service yeah. saps the human some emotion from the music, and you can clinically identify if you like the song, and then if you do like it, you can then go buy the real human version. I think that was the whole. Yeah, and he like, was like, "You're, you're going to find that it is so good at a yeah. sapped level that by all means you'll want to go buy." Once the you hear the words thing. and the you know and the yeah you know, the actual uh, basis behind the song, then you'll then you'll like it. But I actually was digging version. the sap version. I burned the sap version, and, <laughs> and I was thinking it'd be a great movie soundtrack if it was just like some weird, like MIDI, and the vocals were like just these right. weird ooze. It was creepy. He actually went to, uh, I guess, Spotify headquarters um, with a karaoke machine, 
Like, oh, yeah, I like, saw that. <laughs> with the SAP files? No, not with SAP, but he had, <laughs> had his karaoke machine backing him up with this. Uh, and I guess it gets into my, my sort of idea of this as a uh, could have been uh, album, what it could have been. Like, why why all the stuff around it instead of just, like, focus on making the album? Well, but that's the thing is the stuff around it, I think – could have been good if that was really part of the message of the album. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, if you're if that's has your nothing na- to do with the album. Yeah, if that's your narrative, then that's great. That's good promotional material. This, I think it does. It has, to do, with, it, it has to do with the first album. But this, to me, was sorry to cut you off. But no. I mean, but this to me was different because I think it is it's so personal. It's so personal. But within the within that, he's just every third line is like. Sarcasm, <laughs> yeah, or, you know, I, because he can't engage with his own. But that's like, real life sentiment. Mm, that's, is is that? I mean, yeah, well, I think it is. Like I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm revealing too much about myself. But like, just in like, it's you know, being a person's hard. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a weird. That's thing. That's what happens when you come to the rock basement it's, it's more than three times. I mean, look, I, <laughs> I mean, without beer or with I, I, ironic detachment. The album isn't all that interesting. Like that's Buzzfeed, right. you know. What's that? Sorry, what's that's, that? That's BuzzFeed, not an album I want to <laughs> listen to. <laughs> I don't know. I think it resonates. I think like his asides are, are more valuable than like the intended lyrics. Like the we sang uh, Silent Night in three part or whatever it was, and that's all right. Like or whatever. The, yeah, yeah. The, the it, second part is three part harmony, and that's all right until yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, like in, mm-hmm. and like in Board in the USA, it's like yeah. when he has the and I, mean, I can finally deal with as a, as a writer, he's definitely tapping into stuff like uh, this This um, I don't want to say juvenile because it sounds ageist, but it's, I think but, it's but timely, it's, I think it's like it's timely, but it's also the, the, the stuff like, you know, Kerouac beat stuff like, sure, you know, this is yeah, absolutely and he's he's pulling from the Laurel Canyon tradition to be sure, Completely. in fact, the, the last song references a place in Laurel Canyon, and that and that yep. is and like well, that's where before, he did his like that's where he was like birthed right mm-hmm. like yeah and and, th- and that's that song is like you said it, it's sublime it w- is would you say it's like Dawes with that sweet Laurel Canyon sound oh jeez <laughs> oh my god uh, Dawes it up <laughs> no we will not Dawes it up I mean that's that the is the Mumfordification of what was the word <laughs> Mumfordification <laughs> of Mumfordification um, no, of America it, it is there was Mumfordization uh, yeah that was it Mumfordication I made a whole new you did there's, like your building yeah. there's stuff like Julep like where you're saying like gets there with stuff like that for me like there, there's songs like uh, Ben Folds did a song called The Luckiest yep. which is so overtly sappy but at the end of the day it's so overtly true yeah that you're fine with it, and that and that's one of those. That's songs. a fine line, and between, that's what, like, and that's what I. That's what kills me is like that song's on this album. Ideal husband is on this album and yeah. stuff, but there's too much stuff on it. Well, there's too much stuff. Period. I agree with you. Yeah, I think we disagree on what is too much, but like, yeah, I think if track three, like track three, and like one of the four through seven tracks, like I mean, they're they're kind of all the same in the middle there to me. Yeah, but I thought the end, you know. To be redundant, but I thought the end was pretty killer. Yeah, and the opening, the title track. See, I didn't love the title track. You know what I thought the title track you know would be good for? You need to listen to it like credits. five more times. Huh? <laughs> like when I listened to the record and it would restart, it made more sense as like at the end a rolling credits. Oh. As like it made more sense after the last you song. You know that's Sink actually this true. Up to Smokey and the Bandit. That's actually true. Yeah, like the- with all the bloopers, <laughs> Dom DeLuise comes out and yeah. Captain Chaos. <laughs> Like that's what I'm talking about. Yes, <laughs> and all the bad more... vocal takes. Like, 
That, um, that actually, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because having it just go round and round, whenever it came back on, I was like, oh, I was ready for Honey was Bear. For honey, bear honey Bear was like so that. weird. Like it was so slow. And like, I was it's, like, it is a hard, not, it is a hard start. What's to track an album. two? Is it Chateau? Chateau. Yeah. Chateau. That should start Chateau. the record. That should start the record. And then it should end with like a, a, like a Honey Bear. Honey Bear reprise. Yeah. <laughs> Without the first Honey Bear. <laughs> a pre-prize. Um, like an epilogue. Well, you know, that's the record. I don't, I don't know. Jared, what are you going to do with this in the end? I'm going to buy it because of the last half and because I think his uh, uh, Letterman performances are so stellar and that he's just takes the, you know, I just got to give him props for taking the, you know, making the effort to just push the envelope. Carrie? I'm going to buy it. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I, I feel like, if it were on, you feel t- obligated. I don't feel obligated. I think because he's handsome. No, it's not because it's ha- he's handsome. It's because um, pants are tight. <laughs> like phosphorescent tight. tight. No, <laughs> nothing is phosphorescent. No, no one's <laughs> no one's pants are phosphorescent tight. Is there a band Thank named God. phosphorescent mm-hmm. tight? <laughs> phosphorescent at the uh, nine thirty club oh, walks God. out on stage and just like bam. Yeah, like <laughs> he is not a man who's built for tight pants. <laughs> wow. Just no, no, no. I don't. I don't know. Oh, that came out totally wrong. That's not or what I meant. It. No, what I meant is he's got a bit of a muffin top. Like you don't associate hmm. muffin top with tight yeah, tight we man know pants. What you meant. That's not what I meant. Um, that's why I clarified. That's not what I meant. Um, hmm. I'm going to buy it because if I didn't have Fear Fun and this were the only thing I heard from him, I would like it and I would say, okay, this is good. I, I will. I will buy this. I can't. I don't want to you know wreck it by. Comp- Pairing it to something. I mean, because Fear Fun is still one of my favorite albums, you yeah. know, two and a half years later. I, I just, I love it. Paul? Uh, it's it's almost a stream, but it's not quite there. So you're going to pass? Yeah. You're just going to pass? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to stream. And, and the reason is, is uh, I, I really like parts of this album uh, a lot, but I think it's it's half of an album. Half of the album I wanted to hear, you know, whether that's my expectations, whatever, you know, but uh, there's enough in it that I'm just like, come on, dude. I think honestly with any album, if there's ha- if there is over 51% of it that you like. These days, especially. These, yeah, but I yeah, mean, but honestly, uh, like kind of forever. On, on this one, I, I will. It's I, hard to I, find I don't know. I, 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 won't, I won't cheapen it. Not that you did, but I won't cheapen it by saying like, <laughs> I'm going to go back to, to Fear Fun uh, to listen to it. But I mean, I. The songs we've been talking about, and so like, those are the only ones I'm going to go back to. Yeah, I think like, I'm always are... going to skip board. Always going to skip board in the USA. Yeah, that song. Drives I don't think you need to hear that song more than three times, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't feel like that song is something that that you have to like revisit. I think you get what you like. You get from yeah. it, and that's for me was great. It was like a wealth of of information and i think you get what you need from it from like the title oh, oh, oh bored in the <laughs> <US>. singer <laughs> so funny um, um I, I will share without the letterman performance though i don't know if it would have been as impactful that's the thing you know? if you've seen him live you cannot help but think of everything he sings from then on with him live because right. he really does just put on and there's no question such that an amazing performance. when he's like going for it vocally it's like it's it's pretty moving like, oh he's I mean, got an like, amazing like, voice and people these days don't really sing like that like no. there's so right. much affectation and like but it, I, you feel like he's just like he just kind of sings you know and oh, he doesn't hold back either i mean he's yeah. just no, and, and, it out. and he knows the arc like he can see starts the songs like and like you you know he knows what he's he's like I, aware I of what he's doing i should say my expectations for this were like ridiculously high mine too i i know what he can do like uh, just you see him live and you're like yeah 
you, you get it. You know, we keep saying that you have to see the guy live and stuff. And records are a different thing than a live album, uh, a live rec- live performance. But um, my expectations were super high. Some of them were met. Um, but I, it, it's weird. It's it, it's just after hearing the record, I'm just like, oh man. I feel like there are things that- I want this record to be like the thing that I can. Uh, I'm going to pull out three years from now. That'll be the next one. You know, and you think? I think the best stuff on this record is better than the best stuff on Fear Fun. Absolutely, but the worst stuff on this record is probably you know on par with the stuff on Fear Fun. Yeah. Dolls. <laughs> Nothing's on par with Dolls. Um, you could almost look at this. At, you know, if you're going to say, "Well, that's a great song," and you only need to listen to it three times, you could look at it as it's a, the cost of a movie ticket. This this album is the same. You know, if you pay twelve dollars right. for a download, you yeah. pay twelve dollars to go to a movie. You're going to see a movie once, and there's going to be parts of the movie you love and parts you don't. But you're never going to go back to the movie theater and see it again, unless you're some kind of freak. Unless you're some kind of freak. <laughs> hey. But you, but, but if you, <laughs> but if you listen to this album and you say, okay, I'm going to take parts of it and I'm going to listen to that song three times and then never again. I would listen you know? to Holy Shit every day until I get totally sick of it. That that song is it's like. There's just so much Have to... Have you played that yet? No. Do we play it after we voted on it? Like, let's, yeah, let's do a little bit of holy shit. Hold on a second. You know what? It's the 101st podcast. We can do whatever we the hell it's we want. It's a new day. It's a new, it's a new century <laughs> of podcasts, motherfucker. Ancient holy wars, dead religions, holocaust, new regimes, old that's now myth, that's now real Original sin, genetic fate Revolution, spinning plates It's important to stay informed The commentary to comment on Oh, and no one ever really knows you And life is brief So I've heard, but what's that God? Yeah, that that actually it doesn't it doesn't convince me to buy it, but that pushes me closer. Right? So, you feel I'm less so guilty for streaming it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that song is beautifully constructed, uh-huh. and his voice is absolutely amazing. What bothers me about that song is I feel like his ability to put good lyrics into something is wasted on this song because he has it's ninety percent of just this repetition of everything it's, it's that's like, wrong like in the propaganda. world blah blah mm. oh everything is so terrible but what's that got to do with the black hole in me yes i get or it. the atom You're, bomb in you yeah or yeah. with you and me or the right. adam and eve oh, right oh see <laughs> right i get it jared is a father john misty scholar <laughs> no i i just like the structure of like the it, but yeah. i'm saying it's like john lennon's structure it's, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a good structure. it's like you just do the thing and then you have the thing at the end but it's a little bit different every time but yeah. the thing but my with my what my issue with it is it's not the repetition of the things it is the fact that this has been done nine thousand times so like connor oberst could have done that too yes and i and i feel like he could have found more interesting ways to phrase the things that he's beating you over the head with than just your average um you know it looks like any sort of like propaganda video blam 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 oh but i have a black hole in me and none of those things are actually what's causing it it's it's like i get it but he it should have been more interesting the song itself i think is almost wasted with the what's like you have to either buy into it or you don't you know what i mean like and i feel like sometimes i got in the car and i was like i'm not buying into it (laughs) 
Well, no, I'm just, you know, some... It's, and, and people are going to buy into this. Sure. I hope so. I mean, I think it's, ultimately, it's it's great. You Did know? you find that it, like, made a difference, like, what mood you got into the Absolutely. car? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, when I was coming home from work, you know, a little bit tireder and, you know, less your caffeinated. On 900-mile commute. Yeah, yeah, on my camelback. And, like, I was, like, <laughs> with my headphones... And, uh, yeah, it was like when you're like feeling a little beat down, it's like that it resonates, you know, and it's like, maybe that's cheesy. I don't know. But like, but in, you know, in the mornings, it didn't seem to be as like, are you saying this is more of a a bourbon at the end of the day song than a coffee at the beginning of the day song? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm completely saying that. And I would prefer to be at the bourbon end of the day. Anyway, but, you know. <laughs> Always the best end of the day. It is the best end of the day. Um, all right, so this is about our podcast, except Jack White's guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> now, I actually almost tweeted out something like, if this is what we're reduced to talking about, we need to reassess. And here we are talking about it. <laughs> but uh, real quick, what happened was uh, he played a uh, show at Oklahoma State, I believe it was, and they... Was it uh, Oklahoma State or was it University of Oklahoma? Yeah, there's only really one matter? school there. Is there <laughs> wow. The... Uh, you're going to get a lot of... Like, we just that's lost a our Oklahoma audience. Yeah. That's a difference without a distinction. <laughs> um, anyways, played, played a show in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. He's doing college tours, apparently. And uh, the the college newspaper, because this stuff is like readily available, you can you know, you just submit a request for the information, uh, published not just the writer, but uh, his made a point to focus in on there's a recipe for guacamole in in the rider. Uh now the reports that went out were that he his Jack White's management said uh we will never play there again. We you're blacklisted, blah blah. That did not happen. <laughs> but I guess what we're talking about is that there's supposedly a bitchin' guacamole recipe out there on the internet, which <laughs> I guess now we're posting it in the show notes. What, what I thought was funny was the management's response that they don't even know if Jack White likes guacamole. But there that, was that. But that this was... You know, we can this, either confirm or deny no, no, that Jack White eats guacamole. He's like, they're like, look, he doesn't write the writers. It's not. He's not making specific requests. This is for the 30-plus hardworking men and women who make yeah, the show I, happen. And I'm like, the 30-plus hardworking men and women that make the show happen had a specific recipe for guacamole? Like, Well, and the 30 hardworking men and women are actually the, the employees of whatever venue it is. It's right. not like Jack right. White has a road crew of 30. Like I, I it's the he it's might. the recipe part. He might. He might. If it was like <laughs> if he does, he should have some guy making his guacamole. He needs to have it, a guacamole maker on staff. Be like be like uh, uh Boss Tones bringing the guy who just like skanks behind the Who band. just dances. <laughs> just I love that guy. <laughs> that is the best job in the world. So Jack White, if you're listening, <laughs> I make Hire amazing a hype man guacamole. I make guacamole. very, very good oh, guacamole. Carrie's or volunteering. Can go to Whole Foods I don't really like Jack White, so I don't know. I would eat my own bus. <laughs> no, this is something about dipping the pits in it and like the Keeps it from going skin. brown. Yeah, yeah, I see. No, that's know. completely true. Man, have you been making Jack White's guacamole? No, I mean, that's just common knowledge, man. Okay. Uh, I wonder if this is like the uh, no brown, you know, no brown M&M <clears> scenario. That's how lame society's gotten. That rock stars are now just subject to like modifying their guacamole instead of like... Why can't Jack White have guacamole just the way he wants it? The man is an icon. I want. I want. I do wonder if it's one of those things that it's like the uh, the brown M and M's. Although his set why is not. Do, why so do adults want M and M's? Like, why does an adult? You know. You know the. the oh, is I do. It the Van Halen writer. Yeah, the Van Halen was it brown M and M. Was it Van? I think it was Van Halen. Van Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the original Van Halen actually. God, I could use some Van Hagar right now. Oh. Glenn God, Campbell. I hate Glenn Van Hagar. Glenn Hagar. <laughs> Glenn Hagar. 
Oh, my God. He's I'm their Glenn singer. Campbell singing Why Can't This Be Love. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, we could probably make that happen. <laughs> That's going to be happening in Branson next week. I think... Is this the poor man's copyright on that idea? Yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> if that happens, we need it. Uh, it is. I, I, I think that wraps it Taylor up for Swift the podcast. already trademarked it. Where no, do we go from there? Damn it. Glenn Hagar. Um, thank you guys for coming down to the basement. Uh, there will be some snacks shortly. Uh, and then uh, we will. There's actually going to be a second podcast this week. Sat down with uh, Steve from uh, Stranger in the Alps. It's going to nice. be out on Thursday. Uh, we honestly could have talked for two more hours than we did. Had to cut it off. So uh, it's, it's a pretty cool conversation with a local guy. Uh, put out a pretty good album uh, that is also produced by his friend uh, Louis Weeks. Who is I am a big fan of, and uh, we're waiting for his album Haha ha, to come out. Actually, which so, is really good. Uh, so look forward to that on Thursday, and then uh, we will talk to you soon. See you guys later.